0: So today is actually officially uh, the first Sunday of the Advent season. So if you grew up in a Catholic uh, tradition, you are familiar with this because Catholics will celebrate the, the four Sundays leading to Christmas with uh, the lighting of candles. But um, I don't, I'm not sure if many of you uh, are familiar, but the Advent celebration did not originally come from it was not an invention of the Catholics, okay. So, and it was not in celebration of Christmas. It's not in celebration of Christmas. Uh, there's actually uh, very little historical roots of the Advent, but uh, you can trace its roots from about fourth uh, century, about 400 AD, uh, and people are celebrating the Advent. You know when? You know when? Easter So Easter people are celebrating the advent because they are look because they are celebrating one the the resurrection of Jesus Christ and they are looking forward to anticipating his return and that's the that's the meaning of the advent adventus in latin and uh, in greek sino nakakaalam Ang, ang weird eh, kasi sa Tagalog, ibang ibig sabihin niya. Uh, sa Greek, parousia. Okay? Parousia. Pag Tagalog, Parusa, <laughs> Which is a totally different, uh, to- totally different thing. You know, people in that century is anticipating the coming of someone important, which is Jesus, uh, returning as a ruling king. But uh, when Christmas season became a, Christian tradition, inilagay nare natin dun yung anticipation of of uh, of Jesus as the the Son of God. Now we celebrate the first Advent, which is the birth of Jesus Christ, and then the second Advent, which is now anticipating His return. So today, it's a good tradition that many Christian churches are doing. So. You know, many evangelical churches are moving away from these seemingly Catholic tradition. But let me tell you, it's a it's a good tradition to, to do, uh, to celebrate, maybe in a, in a church or in a family. In fact, if you go to uh, our ministry center uh, today, we, we already have an Advent wreath. And you can research what that means. So, you know, it helps us focus... Uh, with anticipation on the the coming King, so especially now that we can easily be distracted by the busyness of the season, uh, or we can, you know, we can be stressed out with uh, Christmas shopping, uh, traffic, reunions, uh, and everything else. And and many people are saying, uh, you know, are moving away from that feeling of. I don't want this Christmas season anymore. It's just giving me so much stress. I'd rather be uh, away from from all of it. Uh, So that's what we are going to study today. And and Mary is obviously uh, one key character uh, who experienced the first Advent. So we will look into that uh, this afternoon and see what the Lord is uh, teaching us. So here's one question. If the Advent is about... um, you know, celebrating and anticipating the the coming King or the birth of Jesus on the first Advent, what can we learn from this story as we look at it through the eyes of Mary? All right. So for this, we need to uh, study the Gospel of Luke and we will look at uh, chapter one. So if you have your Bibles, with you just uh, turn with me to Luke chapter one? Let's do a quick Bible quiz. There are four Gospels, and there are just two uh, Gospel accounts that talk about the birth narrative. What are those uh, uh, books? One is Luke. The other is Matthew. So Matthew and Luke, Silalang lang ang nagbabanggit ng birth narrative ni Jesus. But All of the gospel accounts will show you the resurrection story. Isn't that interesting? That only two gospels will talk about uh, the birth narrative, but all of them will talk about the resurrection. All right? So we will look at the gospel of Luke. Uh, So he is the writer of this uh, book, obviously. And, uh, you know, if you were here last Sunday... Uh, we concluded the, the book of Colossians and one of the names I mentioned in chapter 4 is actually Luke. So he's been part of the early, Christian, early Christians at that time and what he was doing, if you look at the first few verses of Luke chapter 1, what he is doing is just uh, recording in detailed orderly account what happened in the time of Jesus. So he's the most detailed uh, writer of the Gospels and he is basing uh, the things that he wrote. He's a medical doctor. So his emphasis is really to be accurate. He interviewed a lot of people. And perhaps one of them, one of the people he interviewed could probably be Mary. He probably interviewed Mary, the mother of Jesus. So let's read Luke chapter 1. And I will just read uh, a portion of it uh, in verse 46 to 56. Look chapter 1 verse 46 to 56. And I'm reading from uh, the ESV. Let me read. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just pause and ask the Lord's help today. Father, we thank you and praise you that we have such a privilege to not just celebrate uh, a season of Advent, but to remember and to, to see what transpired and to hear your voice. Lord, we want to hear you speak in our midst, and so what we ask, Lord God, is that you will Open our ears, open our minds, and open our hearts. Remove all distraction that may cause us to wonder. And I pray, Lord, that what we will hear is your voice. We ask the Holy Spirit to move in our midst so that we will not just receive information, but we will receive divine inspiration. We recognize your presence in our midst, Lord God, as we as we meet together and agree in your name. We want to do this for your sake. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So what can we learn from the first Advent story as we look at it through the eyes of Mary? Let me just share three things. But um, before that, let me just give a quick context as we um, study the new testament the transition from the old testament into the new testament there is uh, something called intertestamental times and and that means from the period of the old testament and the prophets and the kings to the new testament there was a period of seemingly the silence of god there was no prophet at that time No one was speaking in behalf of God. And a lot of things is happening. Kaya ang makikita nyo, parang ibang iba yung itsura ng Israelites from the Old Testament to the New Testament. That's because a lot of things already happened and they are not seemingly hearing from God through the prophets. So, walang nagsasabing, thus says the Lord. Walang nagsasabing sila ay propeta. And so, as you look into the, the gospel story, especially in Luke and Matthew, God breaks this silence. God breaks this silence by sending an angel, a messenger, to bring some news. And he breaks this silence first and foremost in, uh, in the story of Luke, not in Mary first, not in, uh, in Joseph, but in whom? To a priest Named Zechariah. So see si Zechariah has a wife named Elizabeth and Ang Sabi sa ni Gabriel uh, Zechariah. Your prayers have been answered. Although your wife is barren, she is going to be pregnant. Their prayers have been answered, and that's really good news. But there's an even better news. God breaks the silence again next to a young woman named Mary. And this, this is where we pick up the story in verse 26. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. What do you mean by betrothed? they are engaged to be married but they're not married yet okay they're not married yet uh, and so joseph is in the house of david and the virgin's name was mary so keep in mind this is you no know, this is look uh, just setting the story you know what he is saying here there is a person a character named mary and joseph And they were not really famous people in their community, okay? They are not, you know, they don't have many followers. They don't have an Instagram account. Uh, People are not expecting, when are you getting married? People are not just saying, you know, this is going to be the wedding of the season. It's not like that. Joseph and Mary were insignificant people to their community. They were not famous. They were just ordinary people, you know, and this is very important because if, if, look, a doctor writes in very detailed account, why did he not talk about their reputation? Why would he not talk about their, maybe a good, you know, good background? Maybe because there's nothing much to talk about. They're just ordinary people just like you and me. Even the place uh, that we're talking about here, Nazareth, is not really a place like Jerusalem where people go. It's not a place like New York where people go. In fact, you know, when, when Philip uh, approached his friend Nathaniel, said, Hey, we found the Messiah. We, we met the Messiah. Alam yung response ni Nathaniel? Sabi niya, is there anything good? That can come out of Nazareth. Ganon ang reputation ng place nayon. You know, just think about a place that you will say that. Don't mention it out loud. Just think about a place. Is there any good that can come out of blank? Don't mention, I will not mention on record. Just think about that. That's where, Jesus, that's where Joseph and Mary comes from. Insignificant, not famous. And yet from this insignificant place, from this you know, insignificant characters, we learn one important lesson. That just like Mary, we receive the Lord's undeserved favor. We receive the Lord's undeserved favor favor. Verse 28 says, And he came to her, this is the the angel, and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Bakit kaya nagulat si Mary nung narinig niya to? Because, you know, for about hundreds of years, they are not you know, they haven't been experiencing this. They haven't been experiencing divine visitation. So, na-surprise sila, anong klaseng greeting ito? And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Question. Is there any indication that Mary deserved this favor? Is there any indication... Is there anything in this story so far that would explain why God would choose Mary to bear the Son of God? How about, you know, any references in in the New Testament, any references at all about the life of Mary that that will tell us, yes, maybe this is the reason why God chose her? Anything at all? You know, there are very little story about Mary in the scriptures. It, it will not say she, she is, uh, you know, someone like a, a rebellious guy like Paul. It will not say that. So, I would say there is inconclusive evidence of her deserving this kind of favor from the Lord. What is clear, though, in our story, what is very conclusive in our story is this that god chooses to give his favor to whoever he wants and he is the one that's actively showing that favor to whomever he wants look at this he is the one taking initiative mary is not seeking him out mary is not at the temple waiting for god for a message it was god who spoke first through the messenger gabriel And this message involved an extra extraordinary plan. What is this plan? Verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Keep that in mind. That will come up later on. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Verse 34 says, this is not on the PowerPoint. Ito yung response to Mary. Paano yun? How can that be, I haven't had any sexual relations with a man? So from the human perspective, you know, Mary is saying that is impossible. That is impossible. And so if this is an extraordinary plan, it requires extraordinary power. How will that happen? Verse 35, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. This is a language similar to the creation story. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. But wait, there's more. My bonus, pa. I want you, and I'm putting words in this story. This is what I'm telling you. This is the plan, and this is the power behind that plan. So, for you to realize that this is real, I want you to see it in your own eyes with your relative Elizabeth. Behold, your relative Elizabeth, kahit na matandana siya, kahit na past na siya doon sa pregnancy stage, she will conceive a son. She will conceive a son. And this is the six months, six months pregnant na siya. With her who was called barren, here's a, here's a something that we will should always quote, for nothing will be impossible with God. Brothers and sisters, just like Mary, we are, passive recipients of God's favor. We are passive recipients of God's favor and God is the one doing the work. Pero pastor, baka naman merong, you know, merong exceptional virtue si Mary kaya pinili siya ni God to conceive the son of God. What do you think? Baka naman meron siyang something, Di ba? There's a movie called, There's Something About Mary. <laughs> Maybe there's something about Mary that would cause God to pick her from the crowd of women. You know, the Bible calls Mary blessed, so I will call her blessed. She was given the privilege to bear the Son of God, and she, I, I will give respect to her for that. But I will not give her a a position or a role that's beyond what the scripture actually prescribes. Maybe there's something in her that qualifies her for this role. What do you think? Is there any qualification in Mary that would cause her to be recipient of God's favor? Obedient. Okay, now. Two qualifications, and I will explain the other one later. Uh, th- you can see two qualifications here that will cause that will uh, show that he is, uh, you know, the basis of being called a favorable one. Uh, I will share the other one later, but one is actually. I, I mentioned it already. What, it's in the greeting of Gabriel to Mary. Let's see that again. Greetings favored one. Okay? Greetings favored one. You know, if you have a Bible that's uh, coming from a Latin Vulgate, are you familiar with a Latin Vulgate? <laughs> if you're not familiar, that's fine. Because there's, I, I don't think there's any, uh, any Bible in production of that translation anymore. Uh, if you have a Bible translation of a Latin Vulgate, this will read, Hail, full of grace. Ah, so this is where the prayer is coming from. So, the Latin Vulgate translation of this verse says, Hail, full of grace. Ave gratia plena. But, and I can say this uh, in confidence, That was an erroneous translation of the original text because any other translation that you will see will not translate it that way but let's take that let's just let's just say it it is uh, what this text is saying that Mary is abounding in grace that Mary is highly favored why is Mary abounding in grace why is she highly favored the next statement answers that the lord is with you you are highly favored because the lord is with you my friends it's the presence of the lord in her life that made her highly favored it's the presence of the lord in her life that made her abounding in grace. So what that means is, if the Lord is with you, then you are highly favored. If the Lord is with you, then you are abounding in grace. You did not work hard for it. You did not earn it. But because God is gracious, He chose to be with you. And he is, if He is with you, you are full of grace. You are abounding in grace. And this is actually just a fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 7:14. It says therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin the one who had never had sexual relations with a man shall conceive and bear a son and and, she, and shall call his name what emmanuel and you know what that what emmanuel means the lord is with you god is with us so as we look forward to you know a a crazy december advent season if we have this mindset that we are highly favored then all the stress becomes secondary you know, if we approach the season that we are already a passive recipient of God's undeserved favor, it can sustain us through the difficult times. You are already highly favored. You, know, you can tell that to yourself. You can tell that to your, maybe to your seatmate. You know, sister, brother, you are highly favored. Kahit na hindi ka nanalo sa Christmas party raffle. Kahit na yung ina mo na bonus hindi dumating. You are already highly favored not because of anything you did but because the Lord is with you. And if we receive such great favor so undeserved How do we respond, pastor? How do we respond to this undeserved favor? And that leads us to our second point. Just like Mary, just like Mary, we can respond in humble submission to the Lord's will. We respond in humble submission to the Lord's will. You know, there's just a short uh, two to three verses uh, for this point, but it's rich with biblical truth. Verse 38 of our uh, passage. Mary said, Ito yung response ni Mary. After hearing all those things, hearing the extraordinary power, the extraordinary plan, uh, and reminding her of Elizabeth uh, being pregnant, that's surprising that you know, ang, ang spoiler ng pregnancy ni, ni Elizabeth si Gabriel. <laughs> Bago pang announce si Elizabeth. Anyway. You know, this is her response. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Her response was not to say, look at me now. Her response was not, I deserve that. You know, ang, ang response niya is to see herself as a lowly servant. Pastor, baka ito yung evidence ng virtue ni Mary, tulad ng sinabi ni Ate Joy kanina, maybe this is, you know, the basis why, you know, God chose her because God saw that she will say yes to this call and, you know, she will respond to the invitation of the Lord to be the bearer of the Son of God. You know, kaya, kaya siya pinili ni God kasi, you know, tumingin si God sa future ni Mary, Tapos nakita niya na asim ah, Mary pag pinuntahan siya ng angel ko na si Gabriel magiyes siya kaya pipiliin ko siya you know I have an answer to that but maybe you can just approach me uh, after the service maybe if we have time I'll, I'll mention it let's just focus on you know first on how Mary responded to to this message what was her response You know, she showed humble submission by saying, I am a servant. I am a servant. The woman who's supposedly highly favored is saying she is just a lowly servant. She is also saying, I am following what your word says. I don't know exactly how that will work. I am I am surprised of your greeting. I am overwhelmed by the plan and I don't know what the Holy Spirit looks like because I've never heard that before. But I will follow according to your word. You know what's interesting for me? She didn't say, Hey Gabriel, that's a really good plan. Pero pwede ba akong mag-suggest ng revision ng konte dun sa aking birth narrative? Baka pwedeng sa hotel mangyari. <laughs> Baka pwedeng pag naghanap kami ng you know, birthing clinic, wag sa manger, pwede ba? Pwede bang sa St. Luke's BGC? Oh, she did not say that. She said, be it unto me according to your word. She does not have a say in it. You know why? Because she is a servant. She is a dule, a dulos in the male translation. She is a slave. So, she is saying, I am accepting it because I am a servant. I am accepting it according to your word. But she showed her humble submission as well by acting on it. Verse 39 and, and 40. In those days, what did After hearing those things and saying, uh, beat unto me according to your word, Mary arose and went how? Panosha siya umales. In haste, nagmadale into the hill country in the town of Judah. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted yung kanyang pinsan, who's also pregnant at that time. You know what I realized? Pregnant women will look for pregnant women. <laughs> I learned that recently. <laughs> Pregnant women will look for pregnant women. So maybe Mary is excited to 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 go to Elizabeth because she heard she's pregnant, and I will tell her uh, I'm pregnant as well, and we'll compare notes and we'll go together and we'll we'll just you know celebrate together and yeah. <laughs> but she is just acting on what she received. And I mentioned this uh, one time before and I mentioned this to some of the college students in SLP. I, I want you to remember this phrase. The receiving is passive. The response is active. Okay? The receiving is passive, meaning you don't do anything about it, but the response is active. You will do something when you receive a great news let me give a, an anecdote. Here's a interesting anecdote about, uh, about praying for rain. Uh, sabi ng anecdote, Once all villagers decided to pray for rain. On the day of prayer, all the people gathered, but only one boy came with an umbrella. If you really believe with what you hear and say, your response will show it. Your response will show it. Passive recipient, active response. Let me just address two issues regarding, you know, that will come out of this, uh, this conversation. One is our, you know, our Filipino culture of bahala na. So we have this, sometimes we have this prayer or just a statement, Bahala na si Lord, bahala na si Batman. <laughs> so sometimes we say, Lord, Ikaw na po ang bahala. And so we look at the statement of Mary when she said, I am your servant, be it unto me according to your word. And we interpret it in our Filipino mind that she is saying, Lord, bahala ka na. Let me tell you, that's not what she is saying. That's not what she is saying. What she is saying is, Gabriel, I believe what you are saying is good news and I want it to be done according to what you say, even if it doesn't make sense to me, even if it means bad news to me. You know why? Because if everybody learns that she is pregnant, and she's not married yet? What do you think is the response of her family? What do you think is the response of her betrothed? In fact, if you look at the other gospel narrative of this birth, si, si Joseph, ano nang gagawin niya? Iiwan niya na eh. Iiwan na, pinigilan lang ni Gabriel. so mary is not saying lord bahala ka na. she is saying you know i believe it according to your word even if it means bad news to me even if it means physical harm emotional shame even if it means it will be difficult for me it also she is also saying you know i am not just i am not just surrendering passively I am acting on what you said. I am following according to your word. So I just hope we take a step back from making those statements. Instead of saying, Lord Bahala Kana, we say, be it unto me according to your word, because I am your servant. Here's another issue. Uh, maybe a slightly difficult one for for many of us it's the doctrine of election you know some people have said that those who are in the reform doctrine like us are somewhat proud uh, bordering on you you know on being arrogant when it comes to the doctrine of uh, predestination and, and election stay with me don't sleep on me on this I'll just make it very quick you know it's just talking about that the doctrine about people there are people who are uh, chosen unto to salvation let me clarify let me clarify whether you're an Armenian or Calvinist you can just write that down if you don't know what that means and just research whether you're an Armenian or Calvinist those two groups believe in the doctrine of election okay but the difference lies in two things who does the choosing and what's the basis of that choosing okay so we as reform calvinists we we believe and claim that the one who is doing the choosing is the sovereign god himself he is solely uh, the one who is doing the choosing and he whomever he calls unto salvation is without any external influence and his basis to call people into salvation to call people into into judgment is according to his divine nature and nothing else. That's where we understand the doctrine of unconditional election. That it is without any condition at all on our end that the Lord calls people unto salvation. Here's the, you know, here's the, I I want you to, to hear and understand. If, you know, the doctrine of unconditional election is about God doing the choosing and the basis is not in me, the basis is not my goodness, then there's no reason at all, my friends, for us to be proud or arrogant about it. We cannot say, I am elect, you are not you know, I am glad that more and more people are drawn to, you know, the Reformed Doctrine. And then they are understanding uh, what it teaches. But I feel bad when, when they project a, a certain arrogance because they feel like they discover that they are elect. That's dangerous, my friends. And, and that's where we learn from the story of Mary. You know, we need to follow her example despite being elect, (laughs) despite being highly favored, despite being called blessed one. She humbled herself to the Lord and said, be it unto me according to your word. So let me challenge you today, brothers and sisters, to respond the same way that Mary did, to respond to the Lord in the lord's will in humble submission here's the thing according to his word kasi how can we humbly submit to the lord if we do not know his word so i hope that we will familiarize ourselves with god's word i hope that we will not just pick and choose you know the 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 stories or the, the Bible passages we like and neglect the things that we do not understand. If there are things in the Bible that you do not understand, that's where, you know, the, the community comes in. That's where, you know, asking questions with more mature Christians comes in. You know what that means? It, you cannot say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then do whatever that gives you pleasure. Be it unto me according to your word, because I am your lowly servant. That's the best response to receiving God's favor. Lastly, because we receive God's favor and we respond in humble submission, just like Mary, we rejoice in the Lord's works and wonders. You know, which is in a way, also, a type of responding to the Lord. So we see this uh, in Mary, but even before Mary rejoiced, there are actually two other characters. Meron ang dalawang character pa, bago rejoice si Mary, there are already two characters that's already rejoicing. Sinion? See si Elizabeth and the baby. <laughs> Verse 41, When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, anong ginawa ng baby? Leaped in her womb. Ano kay itsura nun? <laughs> ano kay itsura kung may ultrasound nung time na yun? It did not say the baby kicked. The baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit And she exclaimed with a loud cry. It was a loud cry. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Listen to what Elizabeth is saying because as being filled by the Spirit, she is just reiterating what Gabriel said. That she is rejoicing because she is in the presence of someone that's highly favored because the Lord is with her. And she is, you know, she's just recalling and affirming what God has said and what God has done. And here's an important phrase here. Elizabeth, when he exclaimed all these things, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, this is very unique in, 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 the, gospel of, in the gospel narratives that, you know, Luke will mention that and that is consistent with also in the book of Acts that Elizabeth is not just proclaiming something new. Elizabeth is not just proclaiming something that is from only from her heart. She is being motivated by the Holy Spirit. Ano yung sinabi niya? Verse 43. And why is this granted to me? such a privilege that the mother of my the mother of my lord so basically what elizabeth is saying i am honored to be in the presence of not not mary i am honored to be visited by my lord that is in the womb of mary for behold when the sound of your greeting nung nag hello si mary kay elizabeth the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And you will see this in, in earlier in chapter 1. Now, ito yung prophecy ni Gabriel uh, about John, that uh, he will be filled with joy and he will uh, he will be filled by the Spirit and he will leap with joy. And blessed is she, Mary, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Look at that response upon just being in the presence of of the Lord. Being filled by the Spirit, they are just rejoicing and thinking about the Lord and not themselves. And after hearing this, it's Mary's turn to rejoice in the Lord. Verse 46, And Mary said, this is what she said my soul magnifies the Lord my soul magnifies the Lord so this whole passage verse 46 to 56 is what we call the Magnificat right for some of you who grew up in a Christi- uh, in a Catholic home uh, this is called the Magnificat bakit siya tinawag na Magnificat ano, ano yung root word magnify what does magnify do you make something bigger right so when you magnify something you use an instrument you actually you actually use two different instruments you use either a microscope or a telescope okay so when you use a microscope you are trying to enlarge something that's very small, right? If you are going to magnify, if you're going to use a telescope, you are bringing closer something that's very big and you want, because it's very far, you want it to be closer and you're using a telescope. You want to see it closer because you cannot see it because it's very far. Do you you get my drift? Do you, do you? do you you get what i'm where i'm getting at what mary is using here is a telescope she is magnifying making making the the story about god closer and closer to her life because it's so big that's what magnifying is doing here it's making God bigger in her life, showing what is really the real size of God in her life. And this is, this is uh, the second qualification, verse 47. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I said there are two qualifications. Here's the second one, why Mary can abound in grace. She like you and me is also a sinner mary the mother of jesus like you and me is also a sinner if she was not born in sin there is no need for her for a savior if she is not a sinner like you and me there's no need for her to call god her savior But that's what she is saying here right now because she is a sinner like us. She is saying, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And because she needs a Savior for her life because she is also a sinner, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ can abound in her life as well. And it can abound in our life, even today. So why do we rejoice? We rejoice because the Lord is concerned about His covenant people. We rejoice because the Lord is concerned with individuals, in communities, and even in the next generation. Verse 48 48 says, Mary says, You know, the Lord my Savior and my God has looked on the humble estate of His servant.'" For behold, from now on, all generation will call me blessed. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And we rejoice because also the Lord is concerned about His glory. And, and glory is just my you know, summary of God's holiness, power, might, and justice. And because He is mighty because he is merciful because he is holy he is able to right what was wrong he will do what's right for the humble he will do what's right for the hungry for the helpless and for that we have every reason to rejoice How many of you have seen the Sea Games opening? You've seen it. I've seen clips of it. What was your response? Hashtag proud Pinoy. Nakaka proud. Goose bumps nakita goosebumps I saw the. Uh, I didn't see it coming. I saw someone running towards the the cauldron. And he turns around, it was Manny Pacquiao. I was like, yeah! (laughs) And then he gives the torch to another guy. It feels like, wow, he's just giving the, the torch to the next generation. It was like, it was a goosebumps moment for me. Do you remember how people were responding a few weeks ago? Do you know what kind of news were... You know, uh, we're being uh, spread out. A week, two weeks ago, we're like, oh no, this is such a mess. And maybe, rightly so. (laughs) But that moment, just everyone just rejoicing. That moment, everyone was just proud. But what happens if you know, Filipino athletes lose the games? What happens if we start losing? Will we continue to rejoice? What happens if after all these, there will come a scandal? Will we continue to rejoice? You know, it's easy to rejoice when things are going well, right? It's easy to rejoice when, you know, your emotions are being manipulated towards that. But it's getting more and more difficult to rejoice when things are not going your way. Don't you agree? It's more and more difficult to rejoice when things are not going your way. But the beauty of this magnificat, the beauty of this magnifying the Lord is the rejoicing is not anchored on the circumstances. The rejoicing is not anchored on how many medals you will receive. The rejoicing is not anchored on how much was spent on the cauldron or the show, the the rejoicing is anchored on the very nature of God who he is and what he can do so I want you to imagine for a second the life of Mary and just you know thinking about this experience from her perspective I imagine it would be natural for Mary to rejoice upon hearing this news, right? That's the reason why, you no, know, she is uh, in haste to to meet with her cousin and talk about pregnancy stuff. She is excited to. I, I imagine being. Uh, I imagine her being so happy when Jesus was finally born, even though, you know, she was. Uh, he was born in in swaddling clothes in a manger. I could imagine her rejoicing when. When she and the, and the baby Jesus received visitors, what kind of visitors she received? you recall? There were shepherds and there were also wise men from the east worshiping the baby and they were bearing gifts. This was the post-baby shower. <laughs> I imagine her so excited with these things. But as the years go by, as Jesus grows up, I'm I'm just imagining, I'm just guessing, it becomes more and more difficult for Mary to rejoice. Especially 30 years after. When Jesus, her son, was arrested by soldiers. I imagine it would be You know, it would be difficult for a mother to hear people say, to hear her own neighbors, her own countrymen shout out, crucify him, and they are referring to her son. If you are a mother, you know, I can just imagine what kind of difficulty that you would experience when you are in that position. I imagine it would be heartbreaking for Mary to see her son carry a heavy wooden cross on the road outside the city to carry the very thing where your son will taste death. Mary knows as Jesus walked through that path that what, she, what he is carrying is the very place that Jesus will die. How heartbreaking would that feel like? Mary witnessed his son being beaten, scarred, bloodied with a crown of thorns. So if just look at that whole story, you know, Mary witnessed the announcement of this baby arriving in her life. His humble birth. Mary saw the toddler Jesus. She witnessed her growing up, spending a lot of time in the synagogues. She saw Jesus growing up as an adult, having friends. She witnessed people accusing him of blasphemy. She witnessed Jesus' suffering. She witnessed Jesus, and you can see this in the Gospels. She witnessed Jesus being nailed to the cross. How difficult it is for a mother to experience that. And how can you rejoice at such a sight? So I'm just guessing, maybe things like this go, you know, in her mind what happened to all those promises 30 years ago that i received from the angel what's about what's that all about was god wrong how can the son of god be crucified and if we put that you know in in our personal context How can I believe the promise of God when things are not going my way? How can I I believe rejoice in the Lord always? Again, I say rejoice when my family is falling apart. How can I believe in the truth of the Bible when things in my life does not encourage me to rejoice? Then I would imagine Mary remembers what Gabriel said in a specific statement. Gabriel said, the name of your son is Jesus. Jesus, Yeshua, the Lord God saves. We see this in Matthew. Then she realized that this very moment what the angel is saying all along. What angel Gabriel said 30 years ago is being realized in front of her at the cross. Jesus is the one that saves people from their sin. For our sake, he who did not know sin became sin, so we become the righteousness of God. At that moment, Everything became clear for Mary and realized this is what the angel said to me 30 years ago. This is what it means for my son to be called Jesus because he will save people from their sin. So Mary, I would imagine, looks up at the cross and sees not her son. What she sees is her Savior. she looks at this person and she sees yeshua our god saves and i would imagine on the resurrection of jesus and ascension i would imagine mary is there looking up to jesus and you know she is not seeing again her son she sees her king, was victorious over sin and death, and will rule forever. And then again, the message of Gabriel will ring true, that he will reign forever, that his throne, his rule will never end because this Jesus will never taste death anymore. So Mary experienced the first Advent and what an experience that was. I I can just imagine, you know, the whole thing happening. In her rejoicing, in her magnificat, she said, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And that's what we're doing today. We are, you know, we are remembering her story. We are saying, you know, Mary, what a privilege, what a blessed time to to have that kind of experience. And we look into her story and we are encouraged that we too can experience undeserved favor from the Lord. Let me just give some practical applications for us today. If you're a parent, if you're a parent of children, and you're anticipating this Christmas season, just thinking about Advent, let me suggest instead of you know uh, starting a pile of, of gifts, teach your children about the Advent. Now, teach your children about lighting Advent candles. So they will anticipate not gifts for their own, but they are anticipating the arrival of their king. So, every Sunday night, or maybe over the weekend, uh, do an advent wreath uh, if you if you don't know what that looks like, you can uh, come up our ministry center uh, we we did uh, a good uh, a preparation there and teach your children about you know anticipating the coming king for those who are not Christians if you're here and you're you're not a Christian. You, you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus. You, you may be religious, but you don't really necessarily consider yourself a Christian. I hope the story of Mary will point you to not just her virtue, but to her need for a Savior. Just like you and me, we need a Savior. And just like Mary, I hope that you will call on Jesus as your Savior and for all of us I hope that we will have a healthy anticipation of Christmas you know know, anticipating December 25 or the end of the year can sometimes be not healthy literally and emotionally and even physically uh, and uh, uh, spiritually I hope that as we you know, learn about, again, relearning about the Advent, that we will be encouraged to anticipate, you know, the first Advent. And let me end with this. And this is the reason why I would totally believe that you are highly favored. John 1, verse 14 and 16 says, And the Word became flesh and lived among us, Emmanuel, tabernacled among us. We have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father. in description kay Jesus? Ito yung correct translation. That Jesus is the one that's full of grace and truth. Verse 16, From His fullness, We all receive favor upon favor upon undeserved favor. Jesus, my friends, is the reason why you and me are highly favored. So today, since it's the first Sunday, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And this is the perfect opportunity for us to remember and rejoice in the first Advent. But also look forward and patiently for the second Advent. So as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, every first Sunday of the month, just remember we are one Sunday closer to the second Advent. Do you you think about that? As we meet together Sunday after Sunday, we are a week closer to Christ's return. And the communion helps us remember that Jesus gives us this gracious invitation to feast on the Passover lamb. That partaking of the elements is a humble submission to his will. And that celebrating it regularly is our means to rejoice and proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So, as a response, I'd like for us to to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. So, may I request our elders to serve our congregation in the distribution of the elements? I'd like to invite everyone, if you're able, to please rise. And the Lord's Supper is a command from Jesus for us to follow, to remember. His sacrifice so I invite you if you if you are a follower of Jesus that you will celebrate with us in this communion 1st Corinthians 11 says for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this In remembrance of me brothers and sisters take eat remember and believe that the body of Jesus was broken for the complete forgiveness of our sin let's all partake of the bread in the same way also he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes brothers and sisters take drink remember and believe that the blood of jesus was poured out for the complete forgiveness of our sin let's all drink from the cup lord jesus we thank you for the privilege to remember your sacrifice on the cross to proclaim your death is sufficient to make us acceptable in the presence of god the father thank you that we can also proclaim not just your death but also proclaim and wait patiently for your second advent for your return lord as we are people are remembering what the first advent looks like and look forward what the second advent will be we we are here rejoicing in what you have done I pray Lord God that as we are experiencing difficult times I pray for my brothers and sisters who are having it a difficult time to rejoice to remember your message to to hold on to your promises, Lord God, because of the challenges that they are encountering on a day-to-day basis. I pray, Lord God, that the message of the first advent is sufficient to make us, Lord God, be faithful, Lord God, in, in adversity, to be patient in all these things, but to be thankful as well when we experience blessings from you lord i pray that we will continue to be a people that will be humble recipients of your favor it's not because we did anything or we discovered something that made us favorable in your sight, but only the blood of jesus christ that makes us experience the fullness of your grace i pray lord god that we will continue to be a people that will submit to your will, even if it's difficult, even if it will cause uh, challenges in our community, in our, in our office, in, in, in our family. I pray, Lord God, that our allegiance will be first and foremost to you. And we pray, Lord God, that we will be a people of rejoicing, not because of the circumstances around us, but because of who you are, And what you have done for all of us. This is our prayer with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.